0: Hallelujah. God, you are worthy. Hallelujah. The glory and the honor and the praise. Hallelujah. Again, we welcome you all today. Thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time joining our our worship, we especially welcome you and welcome you to tune in to us each Sunday morning at 9 a.m. for morning worship and on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. for our hour of power Bible study. Uh, also, you can join us on Tuesday nights from 8 to 8.30, 45 for our time of prayer and intercession. And I'm sure that we, we can list that that dial-in number for you. Dial-in to us on Tuesday night. And Go to our website and send in your prayer request and your praise reports. And I want to encourage Tabernacle of Praise if you have Praise reports to share. Please share them uh, before Tuesday by going to our website. All right, let's go back to our scripture that was read earlier uh, from the book of Philippians chapter 2. And I'm going to read verses 5 through 11 uh, for our focus scripture today. Um, Chapter 2, beginning at verse 5. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And I'm reading from the NIV translation. I forgot to say that earlier. The New International Version. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning from the thought, sacrifice, sacrifice, the example Christ set for us. Amen. Sacrifice, sacrifice. Father, thank you for this opportunity to stand in this holy place and to proclaim your holy word. I pray for a fresh anointing of your spirit. So that I might minister under your anointing. Because I know that it's only through your anointing that yokes are destroyed and burdens removed. So, God, have your way in this place. Anoint me afresh to teach and preach your word today. Give me clarity of thought, clarity of speech, Lord God. And cause me under your anointing to communicate effectively so that we will be impacted in in our lives the way you want us to be impacted so that burdens are removed and yokes destroyed in our lives and from our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Sacrifice the example Christ set for us. Amen. So, we, we are in the Lenten season, uh, which is, a, is the 40-day period from Ash Wednesday, which was this past Wednesday, to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a time of solemn observance and preparation for the celebration of the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ at Easter. It's a time that offers us an opportunity to come to terms with the human condition, with our human condition and 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 it brings our need for a savior to the forefront because as we as we consider ourselves and consider our conditions uh, it makes us see the need for a savior amen it's an opportunity to contemplate what our lord really did for us on the cross what he what he did and what he accomplished for us on the cross And it points us to the hope of the resurrection. The 40-day period represents Christ's time of temptation in the wilderness as he prepared himself for his earthly ministry, his time of fasting, his time of experiencing but resisting the temptation of Satan. Lent speaks of the passion of Christ. Uh, his seemingly reckless intent to go to Jerusalem where he knew the religious leaders uh, and the religious establishment uh, were waiting for an opportunity to capture him and put him to death. It's about our participating in a spiritual way in Jesus' death and resurrection. Put somewhat abstractly, uh, this means dying to our old identity, to, to an old identity, the identity conferred on us by culture, by tradition, by parents perhaps, and, and, and being born to a new identity uh, in Christ Jesus, an identity that is centered in Christ Jesus, praise the name of Jesus. Lent speaks of sacrifice. It speaks of sacrifice. And sacrifice is an important part of manifesting a God-like character. I want you to hear the Lord good today. It is an important part of manifesting a God-like character. You see, if, if we are going to be like Christ, who is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of God's being, according to Hebrews 1 and 3, we must be willing to sacrifice because in the natural, we don't reflect God. No, we, we, we don't represent God in the flesh, but we must be willing to sacrifice. Christ Jesus, who manifested God in all of his ways, sacrificed. Amen. He sacrificed. And we're going to talk about that sacrifice today. Christ Jesus sacrificed. He gave his life. He gave his life for the cause of the kingdom of God. His, his whole purpose for being in this world was to do the will of God. And somehow, some way we've got to come to the point that we realize that our entire reason for being is to give glory to God, to manifest God in his ways, amen, to advance the kingdom of God in this life. Hallelujah. We've got to come to this. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18, the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me. Listen now. He said, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. Those are powerful words. Those are impactful words. Those are challenging words for us to contemplate today. I lay down my life. No one takes it from me. I lay it down on my own accord. Hallelujah. If we're going to be like Christ, we must lay down our lives. We must lay down our lives. God is not going to force us to lay down our lives. We must willingly lay down our lives in order for us to be raised to a new life in Jesus Christ and made fit, glory to God, to be used by him for his glory and for the purposes of his kingdom. Amen. Hallelujah. We sing a song sometime that says, I give myself away so that you can use me. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself away. God's not going to take our lives away from us, as I've already said. We must, like Jesus, lay down our lives for his glory and his purposes. As we sing in the song, I give myself away. Giving myself away. I want you to think about that, okay? Because many of us say, We've given our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, and maybe that was our intention when we first were saved. But if we're honest with ourselves, since that time, since the time of salvation that we were first saved, we've been engaged in the struggle between submitting to Christ and doing what we want to do. Many times we do what we want to do, which means that we have not given Our lives away. Christ laid down his life. Christ gave his life away for God's purposes, for God's glory. We never see him doing what he wanted to do in and of himself. He did what God wanted him to do. He says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. My will is to do the will of my Father in heaven. Yeah, it's challenging. It's challenging because we say we've given our lives away, but many times we've not given our lives away because we still do what we want to do. And a lot of times, doing what we want to do causes us to compromise with the world, causes us to fit in with the world, causes us to be like the world. Amen, Walls. Hallelujah. Yes, yeah, indication that we've not laid down our lives. So we're challenged, and we're charged even <clears throat> to lay down our lives for the glory of God and for His purposes in this world. Now, now we're going to follow the example of Christ and participate with Him in His death and resurrection. There's a path that we have to take. Okay. And that path, I believe, that path is, not I believe, it is, that path is spelled out beautifully and clearly for us in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 9. Now, we read the context, and of course, Paul is writing to the church at Philippi, okay? And he's writing to them about imitating Jesus Christ. He's really, he's really dealing with them about their lifestyles in the midst of a, a godless society, in the midst of, as he says, a, a crooked and a perverse generation. Amen. Now, now, if there was ever a time today uh, or ever an, another time, I'll say it like that, that we as believers are living amidst a crooked and a perverse generation of people, that time is now. That time is now. So so this message really fits for us in 2021. It really speaks to to every generation of of followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Uh, Yeah, yeah. We, We are to exemplify Christ in the midst of a crooked and a perverse generation of people. Amen. This is not the time for us to argue with the Lord about right and wrong. It's not the time for us to argue with the Lord about what we can and can't do. Remember, we're supposed to have laid down our lives, all right, for the cause and the purposes of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so as Paul writes to the church at Philippi, amen, he, he's dealing with, with, with this, this issue of, 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 of the saints of God giving up their lives lies for the cause of Christ. And we want to understand this giving up, all right? It's important for us to understand this giving up uh, of the sacrifice, the sacrifice. Granted, we're born in sin. We're shaped in iniquity. We have an iniquity. We have a sin nature, amen? We, we, are, we are born with a sin nature. So sin comes natural to us, all right? All right. So it's, it's, it's natural for us to follow the ways of the world. And before we accepted Christ, we indulged in the things of the world. All right. But now that we have accepted Christ, it is important for us that we lay down that old life of sin and that we, that we pick up and live in this new life in Jesus Christ. And, and Paul is dealing with the church of Philippi about this. Okay? And and so this 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 following the example of Christ, this sacrificing the old, sacrificing one's life, the giving up of that which may be precious to you, and your lifestyle may be precious to you. Your, 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 your accomplishments may be precious to you. The name that you have that you have created for yourself may be precious to you. The reputation you have with the world may be precious to you. The reputation you have with your family and your friends may be precious to you. But this is a sacrifice that we must make for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. It starts with a mindset. Okay? It starts with a mindset. This sacrificing... Starts with a mindset. All right. The King James, the King James Version reads like this: Let this mind be in you. Philippians 5, 2 and 5. Um, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. A lot of us grew up on the King James Version, and we read that over and over and over again, and we quote that. But but when you look at the at the original text, the word there for that that is being used for let this mind be in you is an active word. It's not a passive. Let this mind, allow this mind to be in you is passive. It's like you sit back and you just let this happen, all right? But that's not the sense of the text. The sense of the text should read like this. Think this in you which Christ thought in him. Think this in you, which Christ thought in him. This challenges the question to take the responsibility to think, hallelujah, the thoughts of Christ to develop, to receive, to, to, to think like Christ thought. Now, how do I think like Christ thought? I've got to go to the record that has the record of the way Christ thought. And I've got to read and learn the record so that I can know how Christ thought. Amen? And I've got to take the responsibility to begin to think like Christ thought. Think this in you like Christ thought in him. The only way I can do that is find out how he thought. It's my responsibility. Yes, Holy Spirit will help us in the process, but every believer has to take the, resp- the responsibility. This is an active work that you and I must do. Hallelujah. It's our responsibility. It's our responsibility. And it's challenging because we have to subdue our egos. Hmm. Yeah, it's a battle because we have to subdue our selfishness. We have to subdue our pride. We have to subdue the thought that this is my life. I live it the way I want to live it. And nobody has the right to tell me to live it any other way. Now, some of us will be surprised that that people who say they've accepted Christ think like that. But we find that attitude a lot of times, even in the church, which means that people in the church don't think like Christ. They've not laid down their lives. Then this is a challenge. It is a challenge. It is a challenge. Developing the mind of Christ and thinking like Him is a daily process, a daily process of, st- of prayer, study, prayer, and action. Prayer, study, prayer, and action. Prayer, study, Prayer and action. I mean, I'm 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 laying before the Lord. I'm praying, Amen. I'm studying His Word. I'm 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 discovering how He thought. Then I put it in. The, then I pray, and then I put it into action. And I go back through that process over and over and over and over again until glory to God. I think this in me, which Christ thought in Him. Oh, my goodness. Think this in me as Christ thought in him. Wow. Glory to the name of Jesus. How, what did Christ think in him? Well, it goes on to say in verse 6, who being in, in very nature God did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped. But made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. Well, Let's just back up uh, just a little bit. I'm going to talk about servanthood in just a moment. But, but what Christ thought in him, he didn't take pride in himself. I mean, he humbled himself in the presence of Almighty God. He humbled himself and took on the form of a servant. Okay but who being in very nature God didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped. Jesus Christ, second person of the Trinity, of the Godhead, didn't consider equality with God as something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Now most of us find it difficult to think about making ourselves nothing. Uh, And I guess sometimes because in life we've been beaten down so bad, so badly, especially depending on your background, and and sometimes for us as African Americans in a in a in a racist society here in the United States and been treated as as slaves, as property, you know, uh, we want to develop this healthy self-attitude. All right. And it's good to have a healthy, a healthy, excuse me, healthy self attitude, but that healthy self attitude should not get in the way of a submitting self to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, so Christ didn't make himself nothing to the world, he made himself nothing in relationship to God, which means that he He took on the form of a servant, okay? He he found himself in appearance as a man, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. So, So this speaks of the submission to the will and the purposes of Almighty God. Jesus was not in competition with God. A big problem for human beings is that we're in competition with God. You remember what Satan said to Eve in the Garden of Eden when he tempted her to eat the fruit of the tree, of the knowledge of good and evil? He says, she said, I can't eat that because God said in the day that I eat it, I will surely die. He said, oh no, you're not going to die. God's just lying to you. God knows that in the day you eat, of that fruit you will become just like him you will become like god knowing good and evil yeah? so 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 human beings struggle because we want to be god in our own lives we want to rule in our own lives we'll just finish our lesson Uh, I believe it was this past weekend in our our school of ministry lesson on on, on, on Wednesday night. And we referenced a poem that, that was written. I can't think of the author's name right now. He wrote, I am the captain of my fate. I am the master of my soul. And that's what many people think but that is a lie from the pit of hell. You are not the captain of your fate. You are not the master of your soul because you are not God. So we're in this this place where we are wrestling and we're trying to be God and we're trying to make decisions for our own selves and guide our own lives. We can't do it. We were never created for that purpose. We don't have the capacity to do that. Jesus didn't fight with God. There There was no conflict in the Godhead. Jesus fulfilled his role, and he continues to fulfill his role as the Messiah as the one who saved us from our sins, as the one who presents us faultless before the presence of the glory of Almighty God. He continues to fulfill his role. He ever lives to make intercession for you and me. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He continues to fulfill his role. And there is no tension. There is no conflict. Where you and I sometimes have conflict because we want to do what we want to do. Think this in you, which Christ thought in him. First thing starts with a mindset. Second thing, this, this, this past takes us to the place of servanthood. Jesus, and, and pay attention to the words. Jesus took upon himself. He took upon himself the form of a servant, and was made in the in, in, in the likeness of men. Now I'm reading that from the King James. Uh, let me see. Verse seven says, "But made himself nothing, and taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness." You know, and 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 as, as I read that again, and and I've read this over and over and over again. This this passage of scripture. I've read 50,000 times, I guess, in my lifetime. But as I read it again last night and read it again this morning, that verb, that action word, and, 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 I, and I keep hearing action in this process, all right? And, and, and believers need to see and need to hear action in this process. Jesus took upon himself, or taking The form of a servant was made in the likeness of men. His, His earthly mission was a mission of service, and therefore he took upon himself the role of a servant. Okay? This is the reason he could teach his disciples. In Mark chapter 10, verse 44, he said, he that is chief of all shall become servant of all, or shall be Servant of all, all right? He could teach his disciples because that was the life that he lived. He lived the life of a servant, even on the night that Jesus was crucified. Before he was crucified that night, after they had eaten, the Bible says that Jesus girded himself, got up from the table, girded himself, amen, and and began to wash his disciples' feet. Yeah, and he said to them, as I've done to you, you need to do to others also, okay? He was teaching and he was modeling for them the role that they were to take. They were not to become like the religious leaders of their day, okay? Now, now that speaks to us. It speaks to me because, because even though I realize my, my place as a, as a pastor, as a bishop, as a pastor of pastors, there's something that I've never liked. And I've never liked the attitude that people must serve me. I've never liked that attitude. Because a bishop is the chief servant in the Lord's church. And if I, if I ever develop the attitude that people must serve me, then then I will sit back and wait for everyone to do for me the things that I need to be doing and modeling for them to do for the kingdom of God, not for me. I hope I said that right. Granted, people serve me, and I appreciate the things that people do for me, but I don't forget my role as a servant. I don't forget my role as I don't forget that I can that I can be called at three o'clock in the morning to pray for somebody, to go to the hospital and, and, and pray for someone. I don't forget, amen, that, that 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 I need to uh bury the dead and and, 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 and pray for the sick and, and and bless the children. I don't forget that that I can help someone out if they're in need. I don't forget that I don't have to always pass off what people ask me to do for someone else. I never forget that because God has called me to serve. I don't forget that if the if the church building is dirty, I can come in and clean it up. Amen. Amen. I don't forget that because he's called us to serve. Saints, we must actively and we must intentionally take upon ourselves the role of a servant. We must actively And we must intentionally take upon ourselves the role of a servant. We are called to service. But we have to accept the call and we have to take it upon ourselves. And it's not easy. It's not easy. We would rather go home and sit down. We would rather go fishing. We would rather go to the mall. We would rather have a good time with our family and our friends. Serving... It's a lot of responsibility because it requires sacrifice. It requires giving up what you want to do sometimes to be a blessing to other people. Now, the wonderful thing about it is God sees you, and this is what we don't, we don't process in this. You know, God sees you, God knows your needs, okay? He will supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And we forget that God, because God sees and because God knows the need, God is going to make time for you to relax. God is going to make time for you to spend with your family and friends. God is going to make the time for you to do what you need to do for yourself when you sacrifice to serve him through serving others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope that I hope that makes sense to you because it makes a whole lot of sense to me. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Of course, first of all, we serve the Most High God. And we serve God, as I said, through serving people. Our ministry, our service is first to God. Amen. In and, and Isaiah 40 and 31, it talks about they that wait upon the Lord. Of course, wait there is not sitting down and waiting for God to come and do something for you. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. As you wait upon, as you serve the Lord, you get renewed. As you serve the Lord, you get more strength. As you serve the Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah. When we look at Jesus and we see him serving and we realize that Jesus Jesus served until the very end, he served until the very end. Amen? Amen. Uh, yeah. He served until the very end. He was serving on the cross. Yeah, he was serving on the cross. Yeah, yeah. Isaiah 53, 4 through 6 points it out so clearly. Surely he has borne our grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. From the NIV, it says, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Glory to God. Each one of us has turned to his own way and the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus served until the very end. Glory to God. And I say to us as ministers of the gospel, as bishops, as apostles as pastors as prophets we are servants we never get too big or we never serve too long to serve we serve until the very end yeah 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 this leads us i'm going to skip a little bit of this it leads us to the last to the to the last point of our message today this path of sacrifice and service because you see You can't ever do more for God than he'll do for you. Uh, Yeah, I'll say it again. You can't ever do more for God than he'll do for you. Uh, Yeah, we we used to sing a song about giving. You can't beat God giving. For the more you give, the more he gives to you. So keep on giving. Some of y'all who've been robbing God in tithes and offerings, you must be forgetting that you can't beat God giving. No, 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 no. You can't beat him giving, uh-uh. Uh, hallelujah. If you remember and you honor him with the tithes and with the offering, all God's going to do is give you more. Hallelujah. Because you never give more to him that he can give to you. You give him your life, he's going to give you more life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So you give him his, your life and he gives back more to you. Can I get an amen, somebody? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. So this path, this path leads us to suffering and death of self in order to participate with him and bring in bringing hope, bring in help, and even life to lost humanity. I said this, I think I said this was the last one, but this is not the last one. So let me go on through this so I can I can get to the last one. Glory to God. Amen. Being found in fashion. As a man, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death on the cross. Hallelujah. John 12, 23 and 25 says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides only as a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Jesus' death brought life to countless numbers of people throughout the world. First Peter Chapter 4, verse 1 says it best then for you and me. Listen now. It says, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude. Since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves with the same attitude. Glory to God. Just like you take up, a, take up arms, a soldier takes up arms to go to battle. The Lord is saying, arm yourself with the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus suffered, bled, and died on the cross so that many people could be saved. Jesus is saying to you and me, we must have the same attitude. His death was a physical death. Our death, first of all, has to be a spiritual death. Dying to self, a submission of personal ambitions, personal goals, personal aims for the cause of Jesus Christ. You see, when we give up our lives for the cause of Christ, we are doing that to bring countless numbers of other people to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's understanding our reason for being. So my reason for being is not to satisfy my own desires. My reason for being is not simply to get married and to have children. My reason for being is not just to, have, to get educated and have a career so that I can live comfortably in this life. My reason for being it's to, to get saved and bring other people into the knowledge of the Lord and the Savior, Jesus Christ. God help us today. Are you understanding what we're talking about? So we need to relinquish the things and the pleasures of this world so that we can embrace the will of Almighty God. Jesus said to us, even when it comes to relinquishing family and friends sometimes, he said, There is no man that's left house, houses, or brethren, or sisters, a father, a mother, a wife, or children, or lands for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, and brothers, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands, hallelujah, with precautions, and in the world to come, uh, eternal life. When you give up your life for Jesus... Everything you gave up, he gives it back to you more. Glory to the name of Jesus. And then comes the part we're looking for. Yes. Then comes the part we're looking for. Glory to God. The part we're looking for is the exaltation. Yeah, we don't say we're looking for the exaltation, but we're looking for the exaltation. That's why we struggle with our egos. That's why we struggle with our selfish ambitions, because we're looking for the exaltation. But many times we put the cart before the horse. we got to let the horse go first. got to put Jesus first. We've got to put God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Whew. God help us today. I'm going to wrap this thing up. Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name, given him the name that is above every name. Hallelujah. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In this Lenten season, as we focus on sacrifice, we not only deal with the sacrifice, but we get to the exaltation. But it takes humbling ourselves. It takes, it takes, glory to God, submitting ourselves and subduing ourselves to get to the exaltation. Jesus humbled himself. Jesus submitted himself. And then God blessed Jesus and honored Jesus by giving him the name that is above every name. Hallelujah. He didn't give him a name. He gave him the name that is above every name. What is the name? That is above every name. Jesus the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. Glory to God, the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Whew. At the name of Jesus, you and I and every other person, same person who's lived We've had to bow to that name. We confess and receive salvation. He is the Savior. He is the Lord. He is highly exalted. His name is known throughout the world. His name is known not only throughout the physical world, but throughout the spiritual world. Demons know the name Jesus. Lord have mercy. Hallelujah. Yeah, angels know the name Jesus. Hallelujah. Matthew 8 and 29, 28 and 29 says, And when he, had, when he was come to the outer, other side of the country of the Gag- Gagasarines, there met him two uh, possessed with devils coming out of the tomb, exceedingly fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, thou, you son of God? Are you come to, 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 to torment us before the time? They knew his name. They knew his name. Mark 1, 23 and 24 says, And there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Art you come to destroy us? I know thee who art, who you are, the Holy One of God. They knew his name. They knew who he was. Job 1 and 6 says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan was among them. He knew, they knew who Jesus was because they were in heaven with him. They know his name. Hallelujah. God exalted him not only would they know his name, but God exalted him as he died on the cross so that we would know his name. So that everyone will know that that's God exalting. So God is saying to us, if we follow the example of Jesus, as we sacrifice our lives for him, don't worry about making a reputation for yourself. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And in God's time, he will exalt you. Don't worry about fighting with people so that they will know who you are. Or you see it on Facebook all of the time. People trying to make a name for themselves. People, and it's okay for people to know what you're doing. But some of us go overboard. Some of us go overboard. Sometimes I look at pictures that people put on Facebook, and I'm asking, why you got to do that? It's not necessary to do all of that. Do the work of ministry. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. You see, what we're doing is we're seeking the praises of men. We're seeking the reputation of people. We're seeking for people to recognize us. God will exalt you. God will elevate you. And if people never see you, as long as God sees you, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Jesus never went around trying to make a reputation for himself. He did not even consider being equal to God something to be grasped for himself. For his own purposes. Humble us. Humble yourself. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Sacrifice self for the glory of God. For the glory of God. God will give you the name you need. God will give you the recognition you need. God will take you before men of of great honor from a worldly perspective if that's what he wants to use you for. It's not about us. And we say it all of the time. But many times we don't grasp it because we want to make it about us. It's about Jesus. It's about his name being glorified to the point that other people are drawn to him. Sacrifice. Jesus set the example for you and for me. Oh, that we will follow his example. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for the example Christ said for us, as he walked the face of this earth, as he humbled himself, took upon the form of a servant, died on the cross for, for our sins. Thank you. Thank you for that example of sacrifice that we must learn, that we must embody and exemplify. Help us, Lord. Help us as we subdue self, as we bring self in subjection to you, to your will and to your way, that your name might be glorified in our lives and your purpose is fulfilled. Thank you that your word has not returned to you void. Thank you that your word has accomplished what you desire. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. As we think about Jesus. Think about him dying on the cross for our sins. The sacrifice he made to satisfy the righteous requirement of the law. The suffering, the death that he went through. Shedding of his blood. the law requires blood for the atonement of sin he atoned for your sin and for mine through his blood sacrifice now he's calling us to die for him to die to the world for him and for his purposes not necessarily a physical death because the physical death apart from the spiritual death doesn't matter. Doesn't amount to anything because all of us will die physically. But the spiritual death to self so that he can be glorified, so that he can be honored and he can use us for his glory and for his purposes. He's calling us today. Today, will you, if you're not saved, will you give your life to Jesus? I invite you right now to make that commitment, to accept the sacrifice that Jesus made for you, the blood of atonement that Christ provided for you. and receive salvation. I invite you to do that right now. If you're willing, and you have to be willing, because we can't force salvation on anyone. Christ didn't do it. We can't do it. You have to be willing. You have to realize that apart from Christ, you are eternally separated you're separated now and if you die you will be eternally separated from him you're dead now in trespasses and sins only life comes through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ you're willing to accept Christ and receive the life that he has to give I want you to pray this prayer along with me I will lead you, repeat after me In this prayer, if you're willing, and only if you are willing. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. But Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. You gave your life, shed your blood to satisfy the righteous requirement of the law of God so that I could be saved. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I receive you now by faith. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. And I confess now that I am saved by your grace. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, that brings us to the end of the message for today. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in.